is reminding the Ugandan people that censorship is immoral. Sorry, Ugandans, you're not allowed to silence other people's Twitter accounts, especially in the run-up to an election. You just can't do that. Now, we recognize you don't have a Bill of Rights or a centuries-old tradition of self-government out there in Uganda, so you might not have known this as we do here. But to restate, censoring voters' social media accounts is hugely harmful. Online censorship violates, quote, basic human rights. In fact, it's an attack on democracy itself. Got that, Ugandans? Now, we understand you're a primitive developing nation, so we'll give you a pass this time. But don't forget it. Censorship, bad. Hashtag open internet. Uh, that's Tucker Carlson talking about Twitter put out a message to Uganda who was going to, you know, silence uh, internet uh, information, um, saying, eh, you shouldn't do that sort of thing. Oh, boy. Which a lot of people found irony. And I'm still confused by this whole thing. I get it. I get it. It's not a First Amendment thing. They're a private company. They get to do what they want. I get all that. But at the same time, shouldn't there be more of a push for the culture of freedom of speech and more people, you know, bothered by? Well, yes, absolutely. It's about the culture. It's not about the law. It's not about the First Amendment. It's about the free exchange of ideas and whether we value that or not. Or if we're content to have tech overlords silence people. If we're content to have the, the young, uh, in the New York Times newsroom terrorize their editors out of running an editorial by, say, a sitting U.S. Uh, senator, Tom Cotton, or cause somebody to be fined because they did that, or fired rather, for doing that. Yeah, it's about the culture. And if those of us on the conservative side, uh, you know, we don't fight against that because they have the schools and the media and the rest of it, it'll be us that are, are censored. So Parler found a host or whatever they need, technically speaking, to be able to have their thing running. So um, is there a chance a whole bunch of people sign on to that? And, you know, Trump is putting out, Parlays is what you call a parlor tweet, if you'll pardon the expression. Do um, I have to? <laughs> uh, uh, but so if he starts doing that, will he, uh, you know, have 90 million followers on parlor? And then, you know, the, the correction happens, the, the free market correction happens. I guess we'll see. I would like for that to happen. I would like very much for that to happen, because I think if we lose that culture, we then sooner or later, someone will cleverly really start to chip away at the, the First Amendment. And if the Supreme Court goes the wrong way, you know, they might uh, have some success. That's an interesting thing. But uh, so a poll just came out uh, from Morning Consult and Politico. 53% of people support the House impeachment of Trump. 54% say the Senate should convict and remove him from office. Um, that is much higher than what you had for impeachment last time around or the impeachment of Bill Clinton or Richard Nixon even at the beginning. Now, it um, remains virtually all Democrats. I assume they've peeled away a handful of percentages of Republicans and independents. 90% of Democrats support impeachment and removal. 80% of Republicans oppose impeachment and removal. There you go. You can't get much more diametrically opposed than that. Among independents, it's 47% support. So uh, less than 50 Um. 15% have no opinion, though. So. Mm-hmm. I got hey, we no got opinion. This... Don't talk to me. 
We uh, have been uh, touting all show long the need to lower the temperature, ease up on the apocalyptic rhetoric on all sides, and and the rest of it, you know, uh, American unity, blah, blah, blah. Uh, got this email uh, from Shane that I thought I'd read because it, 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 it uh, you know, fairly clearly states a certain point of view. You guys and your attempts at moral preening. It is clear you guys have no idea the fascism that is unfolding right now. We are so far beyond the point of any kind of diplomacy or political action being able to work with these left-wing fascists. Further attempts only further enable them to run roughshod over anyone with a conservative viewpoint. You name me any fascist regime where political action or diplomacy worked. We've got to be able to defend ourselves. Okay. First, First of all, thank you for listening. Thanks for the note, Shane. But the left is calling you a fascist. With every bit of sincerity, you're calling them a fascist. And I don't think either one of you is a fascist. I can't stand a lot of the policies of the left, and I think they want to tear apart the Constitution and institute some sort of paternalistic nanny state, and I loathe that. I just hate it more than I can tell you. But I think they can be beat, you know, through the regular means. You think I'm naive for believing that? Well, I, still, I might be wrong. That That is an overarching, you know, uh, conversation. Big picture conversation. Mm-hmm. Narrow it down to what the president is going to be accused of. And I sincerely want to hear your points of view on this on the text line because maybe I'm missing something. I don't think I am. I want you to explain how it's not an impeachable offense that the president, while the Capitol is being attacked, called his vice president a traitor. And, and, and suggested that the vice president has the power to stop the steal. He didn't. He doesn't. Right. And call him a traitor as people with, with, uh, with evil on their mind are busting through the doors. How is that not an impeachable offense? I want to hear your argument. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Yeah, change the names. Change the period of history, whatever. You know, uh, Truman did it to, uh, or FDR did it to Truman, or... You know, Truman did it to Ike or something like, well, Ike wasn't his vice president. Uh, you know, uh, name your people, change the parties if you want, and then explain why it's not. You know, I have friends, personal friends who are texting me, uh, Joe, your Jack has lost his effing mind and all. But <laughs> uh, you got to mount a better argument. Than well, that. what is the argument on that particular issue, though? Because to me, that is the most egregious thing that happened. I don't believe that he did incite a riot with his speech beforehand i don't think he did i think if we call that incitement a riot man political speeches are going to change going forward um and free speech is different but the Mm -hmm. particular thing about claiming that pence was a traitor and could could change the election and that it was as the violence was underway yeah it's tough to defend you know my my only argument would be he'll be gone in days and is clearly hunkered down at camp david and really isn't doing much so uh, let that sleeping dog lie. Let's move on. One week from today, noon, a week from today, Biden will be president. So what's the impeachment about? I don't I don't get that, really. I don't think that makes the country calmer. Right. Okay, so you're saying it was impeachable in your point of view, but don't bother. Uh, that would be my particular angle, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people would respond, well, you got there's got to be accountability. You've got to go on the record. With, you know, if you believe it's impeachment. Accountability you for Trump or for Trump. the for the people that would be voting for impeachment? No, for Trump. For Trump. 
Yeah. You don't think he's being punished enough by uh, by history? No, I'm not, I'm not arguing it personally. I'm just saying that's that's the argument that's being offered mm-hmm. up. If if I commit crimes, can I plead to just let history uh, judge me? But the but the health of the country is not based on you getting convicted or not. The reason it was a good idea for Gerald Ford to pardon Richard Nixon was that would not have made things better for the United States to go through that whole trial. We want what's best for the country. Getting caught up in one individual human being to me is a bad idea. That's well, a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, Unless I think Trump is going to be is being punished, but punishment is not our goal here. I don't think. Now, right, it's the good of the people. Is. For some people, do think the punishment's yeah. important, so nobody will do it again. I don't see how anybody would watch how this unfolded and think, "Oh, okay, he didn't get impeached. Well, I guess I can do it." No, it's it's it's, it's not a good ending. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. I just I want so much to move on to try to. You know, heal some of the divisions and calm everything down a little bit. And and there's part of me that thinks, no, it's impossible. Like the Shane, the emailers, oh, we're way beyond that. On the other hand, cities were burning. Uh, political figures were being assassinated. There were bombings after bombings after bombings in the late 60s and the early 70s. It's easy to forget. And yet, you know, we, we recovered our equilibrium a little bit and went on to a few decades, a few really solid decades of, of peace, relative peace and prosperity and, and relative calm and moderate government and the rest of it after that. So, you know, I, I, I don't like to make apocalyptic announcements because I've, I've heard so many in my life that didn't come true. I'm hoping we can right the ship. Yeah, it's it, you know looking at those poll numbers is interesting. As well, and uh, most of you don't know this guy's name, uh, Thiessen on uh, he's on Fox all the time. Writes for the Washington Post, I believe. Um, he has supported everything Trump has done. I mean, every word Trump has uttered, everything Trump has ever done, he's supported, and he's full on board with impeachment over this. Hmm. Um, you know, different people see it different ways, and he said the same thing I say. If this were June, yeah, absolutely, I understand why you go through with impeachment. But less than a week away, and it's going to dominate the first part of the next president's presidency? I just, I don't know. Well, well I still happens. say Mitch and the Senate aren't going to do it. They'll just drag their feet enough that it becomes clearly ridiculous to even start. Be interesting which to is Tuesday, because that's the first day they can do anything, right? I hope I live long enough to read the books when they're written years from now about all this stuff behind the scenes. What Biden and Mitch and... Nancy and Chuck and Kevin McCarthy, even I don't, I don't know what any of them are actually thinking behind the scenes. I really don't. Right, right. Well, it depends who writes the history too, as uh, wiser men than I have pointed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, um, you make your argument if you want. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. I actually do want to hear it. We got other things we can talk about. We're not talk about this all the time. They are voting today. If that vote happens uh, while we're on the air, we'll tell you all about it. Uh, but it's not in the House of Representatives. But it's yes. not a question; it will pass. It, the Senate is where the drama is. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. For the productive segment, wasn't it? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So you eat all the egg and sausage things out of the vending machine? Oh, yeah. You're yeah. the one. Yeah, it's me. 
It's me. Those don't Sean, last Sean, you, you, you jackal. What, what am I, I supposed to do? Go to the grocery store? What I don't get about the vending machine huh. world, and maybe there's an answer to this, it seems to me that the most popular items that sell out really fast, you'd want to put more of those in there. And what the ones, now? And the ones that seem to never sell, they hang around forever. Um, maybe fewer of those and more of the uh, the egg and sausage things that everybody likes so much. I don't know. Is there a reason for that? Maybe maybe there is. As a, uh, I, oh, I, you used to stock vending machines I or sold, something. Well, I you? sold beer for a while, so it's very okay. similar. And uh, the individuals are much more bottlenecked by expiration dates than by popularity of product. Hmm. Um, you, you are That's more idiotic. Yes, but you, <laughs> yeah, but you are more likely to get in trouble for having an, an expired product than not having enough product to sell. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I actually cornered the guy who stocked our shelves. You've got like a, it's like a little, a little mini mart. Mm-hmm. You're just the checkout clerk. You cornered him. Wow. Well, uh, sort of. And I grabbed him by the shirt and said, listen, MF. No, I, I just said, <laughs> I said, hey, I'm kind of curious. This is back when I used to eat the, the cups of cereal, and there was one cereal that was my favorite. I said, hey, I'm curious. Every time you stock this, I immediately eat all of it. And so every time you put it in there, I'd buy all of it and eat it. But now you haven't put any in for several weeks. And he mumbled a series of non sequiturs at me. And I looked at him and he looked at me and I just wandered away. So to Sean's point, I just I don't even think they think it counts, dude. (laughs) I don't know what your cereal habits are. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what's what's funny about that is that is the opposite of the major technological invention or, or development in in uh, commerce over the last twenty five years, which has been computerized inventory control, computerized mm. logistics. Walmart knows precisely when they're going going to need to order another uh, crate, another uh, pallet of Cheerios or whatever. And they can predict it with incredible accuracy. The idea of running out of something is hilarious in the modern age. Pre but, pre-COVID, um, I was at right, tar- I was right. At, I was at Target last night. And I'm still amazed by how many shelves are are empty with various things. I was in the electronics aisle, but there's just there's just such a you know so many companies shut down and uh, shipping problems and just all kinds of things. There's there's a ton of things that you just can't buy now. It's 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 weird when you're used to the modern United States. Where there's plenty of everything everywhere all the time. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder yeah. how long it'll be this way. Oh Lord, I just I, it's not much longer. I was talking to my son. My son is um, he's 26, going to turn 27 in the fall, uh, and he's home for a little visit. And we were talking about the vid as a, a young man who can't socialize like he'd mm. like to. He's a musician. He can't play shows. Um, and uh, and we Where talked about be at. That's what I'd well, be thinking if I was 27. Yeah, meeting people and, and he's actually seeing a gal, which is great. But, um, and we talked about how, uh, and, and he writes songs too, like his old man. And we talked about how so many people we know, including ourselves, there's just no creative energy. It's like, why would I bother? I'm not gonna. And, and I've talked to a bunch of creative people and artists and, and, and who've said the same thing. I just don't feel like it. And, uh, you know, you asked me that question about how long this can go on. I just, I had this feeling of depression sweep over me. And, and uh, you know, this won't do anybody any good. But, man, I so sympathize with you younger people, uh, parents of young children and everything. This is just terrible. Uh, it's bad for different people in all kinds of different ways. But I've, I've often thought, man, if I were in my 20s and single, God, I can't even imagine this long period of time. 
Um, since you mentioned that, there's a graph in the USA Today today, mental health takes a tumble. The impact of the pandemic on Americans' self-reported mental health has been largely negative. Really? Shocking. Uh, but the biggest number is 56% of people say their mental health has been negatively affected by the pandemic. 30% no impact. And we've heard, we have heard from a number of people, if you've got a certain lifestyle... You're past the, you know, going out age, but you don't have kids. Your life hasn't changed that much. And, and you didn't lose your job. You Got to throw in that caveat. You of didn't course. lose your job. Right. Um, it hasn't been that big impact. You just do slightly different things. Yeah, it depends how cautious you are. Maybe you have the compromised immune system, but yeah, right. But uh, 56% of people said negative, and mm. that, that's not surprising to me at all. Yeah. Two yeah. percent said prefer not to say. I love that crowd. Yeah, it's, you know, it's gone for me like a lot of. I mean, just I don't want to click. Do you, do you <laughs> like them better, or the six percent of people said they don't know? <laughs> I don't know if it's affected me negative or positively. I, I don't have any idea. The, the COVID, you say? Hmm. I don't. I don't have any idea about my own mental state of the last year. What? They need introspection. <laughs> I didn't know anybody would lack that much introspection. I mean, too much, a lot of people spend too much time navel-gazing, but you're spending zero time. I don't know. Do I feel better or worse because of this? I have no idea. What an interesting question. No opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The New York Times is all excited that emissions plunged more than 10% last year. We can talk about that a little bit. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Donald John Trump, by such conduct, has demonstrated that he will remain a threat to the national security, democracy, and the Constitution if allowed to remain in office, and has acted in a manner grossly incompatible with self-governance and the rule of law. Donald John Trump thus warrants impeachment and trial removal from office, and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. So there you go. There's the clerk there, uh, kind of right before they get to the voting and some more debating and all that sort of stuff and an impeachment that is going to happen. That's They will pass the article of impeachment, and then it goes on to the Senate. There's no question that it will pass today. The only question is how many Republicans vote yes. It'll be kind of interesting to take a look at the Various Republicans, you know, that didn't support it last time that do this time or, or you know, maybe they won't. I don't have any idea. And then does Mitch McConnell do anything about it when it arrives at the Senate next week? Or does he just drag his feet intentionally and let Inauguration Day come and go? I uh, um, suspect it'll be that. We were going to move on to other stuff, but Joe said some people had brought this up. So it's worth pointing out. No, the president did not. Um, I've been characterizing it as calling... Uh, the president calling Pence a traitor to his country while, you know, people are attacking the Capitol. He didn't specifically say that, and maybe that makes a difference to you. But the President Trump tweeted as people were going into the Capitol, having chanted, hang Mike Pence. Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and the Constitution. I don't see much difference. He, he didn't protect the country and the Constitution it's not the word traitor. I don't see much difference as people are chanting hang Mike Pence as they break into the building. I'd say the uh, the emailers who made that argument, that's a little bit of a lawyerly argument. 
But, you know, you believe what you want to believe. Uh, interesting sidelight. Uh, you know, I've been following this story. I haven't brought it up on the air yet, but freshman representative Lauren Boebert, <clears throat> who's from uh, Colorado, she is the little gal, and I say that uh, specifically to her. It's not my, <laughs> that little gal is something. No, she's she's tiny. She's five foot nothing, less than 100 pounds. And she is uh, a Second Amendment advocate. And she has been uh, hammering away trying to get them to permit uh, uh, representatives to carry firearms on the Capitol grounds, which the House had rules against. And and also, she wants it on the floor of the Capitol. And it's funny, I'd been following that story and her pushing for that um, and thinking, ah, that's interesting. I wonder how I feel about that. I didn't really come to a strong opinion. But she said as she was sitting there in on the House floor and the mobs were trying to bust down the doors and everything and they were evacuating people as fast as they can, well, I'll quote her. It was just like this I told you so moment. I wish that I would have not listened because my life is worth defending. The people next to me, their lives are worth defending. Then to not have the ability to do so, it's very discomforting. She said a handful of other GOP members, however, had broken the House rules and carried their firearms on the House floor Wednesday, sensing something might be amiss. Interesting. And there was anger in the air. The day President Trump called on his supporters, telling them the election was stolen, encouraging them to march to the Capitol. She said, and I quote, some members were armed. They just kind of had this feeling to bend the rules that day. And we kind of all huddled close to the ones that did. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. She had just finished making an impassioned speech on the House floor worth of noting, in support of the protesters, giving a shout-out to some of her constituents outside and saying she would vote to not certify the Electoral College win for Biden in Arizona because the results can't be trusted. I think it's really interesting. So there's been different reactions to the metal detectors they now have on the House floor, you know, making all the House members go through a metal detector to make sure they don't have a weapon before they go on the floor. It's been... Oh, that's actually at the, the, the entrance to the House? I thought you meant, like, the entrance to the Capitol. Uh, it's at the actual house floor. I'll be danged. That's the way Nobody's... it's worded here, unless it, this is worded poorly. I wonder if word got around about what I was just talking about. And and Nancy and company weren't going to have that. You can't defend yourself. But You it... have to trust the authorities, and they've done such a wonderful well, job. Well, right. That my, my argument would be, it was demonstrated a week ago, you don't have the ability to stop people from getting in here. So I'm not allowed to protect myself because... You think I'm going to be the problem? Right. You're going to start shooting people like you have in the past never. It's the classic gun argument. Make sure nobody has a gun on campus. Well, the people that don't follow those rules are going to bring the gun on campus, and they're the ones you... Okay. So you think somebody intent on mass murder is going to be stopped by your gun-free zone sign. That's some logic. Well, and and again, and I'm sure uh, Representative Boebert would agree with me, uh, the old saying, Second Amendment uh, advocates like ourselves uh, have, have said many times, when seconds count, the cops are minutes away. Mm. Um, Have you spent any of the pandemic talking to yourself? My wife and youngest son talk to themselves constantly. I talk to hmm. myself a little. I do after I've hit a bad shot on the golf course. Yeah, I, think, I think everybody does a little. But I try to st- I've tried to stop that. But some people do a lot, like ongoing conversations. Huh. Anyway, according to this, spending the pandemic talking to yourself could be good, especially if you live alone. Whatever form it takes, projection, self-encouragement, and humor is a way of hearing your own voice and helping us discern what's going on inside our own head. Talking to yourself is a way to figure out what's going on inside your own head. 
I remember we had a conversation about this uh, probably a couple of years ago. Was I can't remember whether it was the topic was prayer or confession or something, but you'd pointed out that there's a a neurological difference, like a significant one, between thinking something, even if you're thinking about it quite specifically, and saying it out loud. It activates a different part of the brain. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I had an experience like that the other day. I realized something about the way I'd been uh, doing what I'm doing and thought, nah, you got to stop doing that. It'd be better to do something else. And I had the temptation to say it out loud to myself. Well, you, you know? should have, according to this right here. Well, and and I realized I didn't want to. Oh, man, you're having a full-on argument with yourself right there. Did you punch well, yourself? Did you punch <laughs> yourself in the face? We did. We came to blows. <laughs> me and me. No, but then I had uh, uh, the realization, the fact that you don't want to say it out loud means saying it out loud is significant. Oh, Clearly. I thought, wow, clearly, kerblooey. There goes my mind. Really interesting. Well, yeah, the science has shown they've got you know those ways they can hook up your brain and see different parts light up. A different part of your brain lights up when you say well, it out loud. It, versus and thinking. it's not just the the like the speech and the hearing parts of your brain. Duh. No, it it has much more of an impact when you say it and you hear it. Correct. Which is odd. That's what it seems to be true. Um, I mean, I can sit here and think of uh, armadillos right now. What an odd thing to think about. I'm thinking specifically, I'm picturing them stem to, stem to stern. I'm picturing armadillos squashed on Texas highways. You. I'm, I read once that armadillos can carry leprosy. I am thinking about armadillos as hard as I can. But it's different to actually say it out loud. I, how odd. The, the brain. Will we ever truly comprehend the brain? You're walking down the hall and you just say out loud all of a sudden, Armadillos! Armadillos carry leprosy. People are going to think you're crazy. <laughs> Put that armadillo down, son. If there were ever a situation where there were anybody around the workplace. Right. Um, ever again. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll read this. One bleak pandemic day in November, Aisha Tyler caught herself vacuuming the inside of her freezer. Vacuuming the inside of her freezer. Then she said out loud, you're insane. What are you doing? you got to stop this right now. And it was her, um, you know, discerning what was going on in her own head. And it's kind of like what you're just talking about. I do that, and it's usually something fairly extreme where you say, wait a second, whoa, no, this is a bad idea. Where you actually say it out loud, it's that big a deal. Right. Um, hmm. I'll have to contemplate that more, the importance of saying some things out loud. But they were saying you should for for humor, right, and and self affirmation. What was that list again? Bunch of different reasons: um, self encouragement, humor, um, uh, um, companionship. You can, you can do it, and <laughs> and discerning just what's going on in your own head. That's wild. I'm a good person, and people like me. And people like me. Right. Many self talkers worry others will think they're crazy. But uh, particularly if you live alone, there's no one there to know, so don't worry about it. It's a good idea to talk to yourself. Hmm. Talk to your dog. I talk to my dog regularly. Pet experts say it's a good idea to talk to your dog because they, they hear a lot just in your tone. Should I burn down their house? Do you think I should burn <laughs> down their house? Is that what you say to your dog? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I say. Sure. What's the matter with you? Did you go kiss an armadillo and get leprosy? Huh? Huh? Anyway, that's, that's, that's some really interesting stuff right there that when you reach, 
you get a certain point, you say it out loud to yourself hmm. to, under- yep. to, to really understand what's going on in your own head. I'm going to say this out loud. Jim Jordan is on blast on the House floor right now. We're capturing the tape for you. We'll play that when we okay. come back, I uh, hope. I'll yeah. stay tuned for that. It's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. government has declared them essential the armstrong and getty show so this was just a little bit ago on the floor of the house of representatives which a week ago roughly now was under siege if i remember correctly um this is representative tom mcclintock of california now i gotta admit i'm kind of interested in in knowing how he's gonna vote today as we had him on the day after last week and he was what did he well, say? Well, he said he was so mad at the president's actions and words that he didn't want to comment yet. Yeah. Yeah. But he sounded pretty uh, displeased with what had happened. Anyway, here's him a little bit ago. He was wrong to set such a confrontational tone in a politically tense situation. But what did he actually say? His exact words were, quote, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, unquote. That's impeachable? That's called freedom of speech. Now, he also threatened to oppose candidates in future elections. And by the way, that was directed at Republicans like me who'd resolved to uphold the constitutional process and protect the Electoral College. Well, so what? That's called politics. If we impeached every politician who gave a fiery speech to a crowd of partisans, this capital would be deserted. Deal. <laughs> no, that wasn't a proposal, Sean. That was already saying. accepted. Yeah. Everybody got to go. So it's sounding like he's going to be a no vote on this, and he's making the argument that Jonathan Turley, the law professor from George Washington University, has been making uh, uh, about uh, about this. Yeah. He didn't mention the tweet, um, no. which is what you're hanging your hat on, the tweet about Pence while the Capitol was being stormed. Right. And I think, again, you don't have to make a legal case for voting for impeachment. No, it's a political thing. Yep. Um. The claiming the election was stolen, definitively stolen to all your supporters for weeks with no evidence to back that up, not in court that you presented. Mm -hmm. That seems pretty impeachable, but. Yeah, and I know, I know you've seen evidence. I know, we know, we know. They just didn't prove it in court. Uh, (laughs) I believe they have seen articles. I don't know if they've seen actual evidence. Um, Do we have uh, Jim Jordan queued up? Sure. Because he was, well, he was on blast, yeah. We should be focused on bringing the nation together. Instead, Democrats are going to impeach the president for a second time one week, one week before he leaves office. Why? Why? Politics and the fact that they want to, they want to cancel the president. The president who cut taxes, the president who reduced regulations, the president prior to COVID had the greatest economy, lowest unemployment in 50 years, the president who got us out of the Iran deal, put the embassy in Jerusalem, brought hostages home from North Korea. 
put three great justices on the Supreme Court, gave us a new NAFTA agreement, the Abraham Accords, the COVID vaccine, and who built the wall. It's about politics. That's a good speech. So, uh, again, I don't entirely agree with them, but all that stuff, that list ought to be heard more often. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how the votes go today. I think it'll be it'll give you some indication of how the Senate might go and whether there's uh, any likelihood that there are 17 Republicans to boot them out of office. If there aren't, I mean, if they're doing a head count, if Chuck Schumer's doing a head count and, and sees there aren't enough Republicans to boot them out, out of office, then I would really think that the Democrats wouldn't want to go forward with this. I don't know. You got a virtue signal to your base. You got to let them uh, see that you're in there fighting for what they believe, even if what they believe is harebrained, in my opinion, in a lot of cases. But I think it's, Clyburn, all, it's all performative, like you're always saying. Thinking just of politics right now, I think Clyburn in South Carolina, as a Democrat, has the right answer if I'm a Democrat. You say it's very important this man is evil. We've got to punish him. We've got to make sure he's out of here, and we'll do it after the first 100 days of the Biden administration so we can get everything accomplished. And then. But when 100 days have gone by, there's no steam for it. Right. Yeah, they will have moved on. God knows what's going to happen in the next 100 days. I don't even want to think about it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. How much time do we have left? Not very much, huh? None of, about us, a minute. none of us do in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, you know, I finally, oh, we read earlier. That's your response to life is short? Yeah, ah, right. I got no energy for existential <laughs> angst right Whatever. now. Whatever, don't be so emo. We're posting a great article, a great opinion piece from Thomas Sowell that we talked about earlier in the show at armstrongandgetty.com. Give us a few minutes to get it up on the website. I forgot to send it to Hanson, but it's absolutely worth reading and zapping around to your friends. He's one of the great Americans living right now, and he's older than and heck. I, when uh, Thomas Sowell passes, I'm going to be very unhappy about it. But uh, nice note from Mary here. Hang in, these, uh, hang in there, guys. You're doing a terrific job. Don't let the critics uh, get you down. Okay, thanks, Barry. Appreciate it. A little pep talk there. The New York Times is excited that uh, greenhouse emissions plunged more than 10%. If the trend could be sustained, it would put the U.S. within striking distance of one of its major goals under the Paris Climate Agreement. Then, several sentences later, they point out, but it was just because of the COVID, and as soon as that's over, it'll be completely reversed. So, anyway. Wouldn't they have extra ink they just needed to spend? (laughs) What are you talking about? And now, final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Engage. Here's your... Ben, talk about uh, apropos of nothing. All of a sudden, we just needed a Star Trek impersonation, I guess. I don't know. And not a good one. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, beginning with Michelangelo in the control room, pressing the buttons, pulling the toggles. Michael, final thought. Yeah, I love the Consumer Electronics Show every year, and i got to check out the 6E Internet routers and uh, the masks with the microphones. Might be a nice novelty gift, I think. Yeah, I will keep that in mind. He said if you're going to buy a new router, 6E, look for that coming soon. Excellent. Positive Sean, our producer. Sean, final thought? Yeah, we just heard from Congressman McClintock. What you did not see because it's audio is that his mask read, this mask is as useless as our governor. Really? I'll uh, be dang. Yeah, seeing reports of that. Jack, a final thought for us. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so I got a new chair. I shopped. I spent a lot of time on this. I wanted a really good, like, sit in it, read, watch TV sort of chair. I've got back pain like I've never had in my life after spending two hours in it last night. 
<laughs> oh, no. Read all the reviews, did all the shopping, took the time. It severed one of my, part of my spinal column. Well, maybe your weak, slouchy back muscles just got maybe, woken yeah, up. Could be. Could yeah, be. Who knows? My final thought is, as pointed out by an alert listener, 81% of COVID deaths are people 65 plus. That's only 16% of the population. Give the vaccine to the people who are dying. Quit with your complex charts and woke decolonialization bull s. Get the old people the shot, period. That seems like the simplest fix I've heard. And you can do it so quickly. Yeah. Uh, Armstrong. Let's see, am I 65 or older? Yes or no? That's the end of the questionnaire. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for that uh, fabulous article I told you about. Drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. It's something we ought to be talking about. Checking in on who voted how tomorrow will be interesting. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I I did not say that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) That sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say... How very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Finally, Ben & Jerry's announced yesterday that we'll launch a new line of frozen dog treats. Perfect if your dog just got broken up with. Armstrong and Getty.